0: Better get ready. The coffee's poured and the on-air signs flashing.
1: Broadcasting live and local.
0: This is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. G'day, I'm Lee Faulkner, and this is the podcast version of the show, uh, where we feature some of the things that you might want to catch up on, re-listen to, or perhaps some of the things that you didn't uh, hear the full version of, the full unedited uh, interviews that we do that don't always make it to air. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Coming up, we caught up with uh, USQ political expert Jeff Cockfield after the election result over the last weekend, say uh, he had plenty to say about where he thought politics was heading now and what the LNP need to do. Uh, also, we caught up with the federal member for Groom in Garth Hamilton, who uh, really was concerned about the direction that his party was taking and he had a bit to say about that as well. So I'll feature the full interviews there in the next uh, few minutes for you. Also, we'll have a bit of a laugh with You Can't Be Serious and the return of a massive event to our part of the world. We'll see tens of thousands of people flocking into the region. Kingsthorpe comes alive for three days in June. For FarmFest, and we'll give you all the details you need to know with Kate Nugent from FarmFest coming up. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast version of Lee Faulkner on the Darling Downs eight six four triple M. The federal member for Groom remains Garth Hamilton, and he joins me in the studio this morning. Good morning.
2: Very good to uh, to
0: be here, Lee. Thank you very much. Obviously, uh, a great result for you personally, still winning the primary vote quite comfortably. Uh, but there has been a swing against even your seat here uh, and, and a substantial one based on independent votes and so forth. Then, of course, what we've seen with regard to uh, the ALP and their preference uh, preferences that have come good, it, it, it Begs the question, I guess, what happened? How did the LNP get it so wrong on a, on a federal level, do you think?
2: Look, I think there's a, there's a long, long story there. But look, starting locally, yeah, absolutely. We, we, we have taken a uh, hit to our two-party preferred here, and I think it's very important we acknowledge that and understand the implications of it and uh, really set about refocusing ourselves. Uh, making sure that we are the home of, uh, you know, sensible centre-right policy. That's that's who we are. That's who we need to be. And obviously, I think we need to look at this result as being one that we we weren't being that in the eyes of uh, a lot of people. And that's uh, that's something we have to own up to. So so I, I I think that's important that we acknowledge that result right right off the bat. Um, it was a, it was a big result here. Two thousand seven um, was a lot worse for us uh here and and uh and in other places as well so putting it in context it's uh, it's certainly not a 2007 result uh here but it's 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 still a big one across the country goodness me um you know i thought a lot about this over the weekend lee and uh, if i look back across my term i think i don't think there's one single issue that has caused this result across the the country and there've been some big challenges we've gone through but if i would say one thing I think ultimately it comes down to credibility. Uh, when we speak on issues, we need to be credible. If we put a, uh, something on the table, we need people to believe that that's what we want to do, that's what we will do, and trust us that that that's our best judgment call. And I think when you lose credibility as a government, that's when people turn away en masse. That's when they seek something else. And uh, if we look across this election here... Yeah, you know, Labor Party, and congratulations, congratulations to our new Prime Minister. I think it's important to say that. I wish him good health uh, and, and good fortune during his term. But uh, look, they, they went with a very small target to this election. They didn't really come in with a mandate. They don't have a mandate for, for change. Um, they pretty much stayed right close to us. So I think people out there were looking for something else. They were looking for a way to express uh, their dissatisfaction, and and that's what we're seeing. Uh, you you will have a new leader now, and it's being tipped to be Peter Dutton. Uh,
0: we'll take over now. Scott Morrison will, uh, will leave the party. Uh, is that someone that you can work with? Uh, and is, can you see him being uh, the catalyst for the change that is
2: obviously needed by the LNP? Well, look, what I guess at this stage, I, you know, we haven't sort of started that, that process. But what I'm looking for, Lee, personally, is someone who can really help us lift our standards as a party. That's what we need to be. We need to be better people. Good people make good politicians. And, and we really need uh, to clean up and make sure that that's who we are. That People look to us with a level of respect because of the way we act, because of what we do, um, not just what we say. Um, and look, there's a number of great people in the party. Uh, but certainly, you've mentioned Peter Dutton. He's certainly a man of integrity that a lot of people trust. And I think he understands um, and accepts the issues that we need to deal with
0: obviously you you came under criticism in the lead up to the election, uh, and, and for a number of uh, number of things uh, from big business uh, with regard to your support of some projects, uh, from just the general punters in the street for perhaps uh, a lack of being seen in in this part of the world. So so there's a lot of work to be done there. Uh, but how does this now affect how effectively you can be in government here locally for Groom,
2: given that the both levels of government above you now are opposition. Oh, look, I had a lot of criticism. I also had a lot of support, a lot more support than I had criticism, quite frankly. Uh, but, you know, you you take it all in and listen to it all. Um, not all of it's given in good faith, um, but I've got a pretty thick skin, so uh, it doesn't bother me too much. I'm here to do certain things. People might not agree with me, but I want them to know where I stand, and that's what's important to me, that they can understand who I am and where I'm going. If they if they disagree with me, that's fine, but at least they can trust where I'm going and what I'm saying is is what I actually believe. Um, and I'll continue to be that and I'm not here for good headlines, Lee. I'm not here for, uh, pats on the back from rich people. I'm here to do a job for the people of, uh, Groom. And I'll continue to do that whether, um, the papers want to write good stories about me or not. Uh, sometimes it's a hard job and, um, I've got no issues about that. This isn't, um, uh, something I'm, I'm worried about, but I think, uh, look, the, the hard bit for us right now, I think is is making sure that we continue uh, to get our voice heard. Uh, we have had a pretty good run uh, under this this government. We've seen that wonderful second range crossing built here by this government, uh, by, the, uh, by the former government, sorry. Days are slipping past on me, Lee. We've seen inland rail get refocused back towards Toowoomba. Uh, these are billion dollar investments uh, coming in our way. And we saw just during the, the term, $50 million going out to the USQ there. Um, uh, to acknowledge its status in space research. This is a fantastic thing for us, opening up you know, whole new opportunities for kids. We've had a good run. We've been in a good paddock. My job is to make sure we stay in that paddock. Federal Member for Groom, Garth Hamilton. I
0: I know it hasn't been a uh, an easy weekend, but thank you very much for coming in this morning. And we look forward to seeing it uh, move forward from here. Absolutely, Lee. And uh, more of that good Aussie rock uh, keep uh, me coming. Absolutely. We've got plenty of that for you here on Triple M. Our uh, political expert, Professor Jeff Cockfield, who joins me for breakfast. Uh, good morning to you, Jeff. Good morning, Lee. Wow, that was, uh, that was certainly a big day on Saturday for the ALP. Uh, for those watching along as closely as you do, did you see that level of result coming?
3: Well, it was a very unusual result. Look, I thought that was one of the potential outcomes, but the way it was arrived at in terms of where votes were and where swings were was very, very unusual. Huge swings in Western Australia, uh, swing against the ALP in Tasmania. Yes. Um, quite a substantial swing in Queensland, but not many. Uh, you know, almost no seats uh, arose to Labor from that. And also, I mean, the important point is um, Labor won with a quite low, pri- historically low primary vote, but obviously uh, gained many, you know, second or third preferences. So it's very unusual result all around. And not least of which, uh, Labor won. Just well, we'll see how they whether they win outright or not. Um, But the sort of Liberal Party was decimated um, with only a narrow victory to Labor. So it's all very unusual.
0: It is very unusual. Uh, What about, uh, you know, parties like One Nation, United Australia Party? I mean, if you you believe social media, Craig Kelly was going to be the Prime Minister. Uh, There was a massive groundswell towards those two parties in particular because of all the uh, lies that we'd been told around pandemics and so forth. Uh, Yet the result hasn't happened.
3: Look, uh, UAP did get some increases, in, particularly in some seats, but we're talking, you know, it might be 3% up to 5% and so on. Uh, and they got an overall bigger vote because they ran so many candidates. But it appears to me, we'll have to analyse this more closely, but it appears to me they probably took votes away from One Nation in some places. Okay. Um, so I think they, look, UAP may end up with a senator in Victoria of all places, yes. which is almost unbelievable. And... Um, Uh, But they really didn't make the inroads. It appears that um, it was independents to the left of the Liberal Party and the Greens to the left of the Labor Party where the sort of um, protest or the slippage vote went to.
0: Okay. Here locally, uh, despite still winning the primary votes quite comfortably, uh, there certainly was a swing against the uh, the LNP and the current member for Groom in uh, uh, Garth Hamilton.
3: Yeah, so I, well, we're yet to see because um, the postal and pre-polls have to all, all, all be checked as well. But it looks like, you know, there was a substantial primary swing of maybe 8% or more, 8 mm. uh, to 12%, hard to tell yet where it, where it ends up. And that does translate into a, uh, a lower margin. But, you know, it's still a, a seat that's held by, you know, 12%, 13 14% probably at the end of the day. So that, yes. that is still a safe seat. Um, the independents uh, split. They sort of split the vote. There was about uh, seventeen percent between them, um, and that was that's a good result for independents in a seat like Groom, but of course nowhere near elsewhere. Um, and it's still a, a fairly safe seat, but perhaps with a little bit of a, a little bit of a warning, I guess. And. Um, Labor primary wasn't that strong.
0: Yeah. So where to now for the LNP? Uh, there's some talk that they will now really start to focus even further right. Is that likely to be what we'll see?
3: Well, this is going to be the great question to us mm. because essentially it looks like the voting, in, in, including in the Senate, we, interestingly enough, it looks like the voting is has moved us back to the centre uh, but it'd be—it looks like some in the Liberal Party are saying, "Well, we should have moved to the right. We should have been more to the right." So that's an unusual argument. Whereas you see ones like Simon Birmingham and others arguing they have to—they have to be working at the centre, looking at the, the women's vote and so on and so forth. So uh, they're in for a very, very big period of turmoil while they sort that out. But it's very hard for me to see that—you know—when the voting moves to the centre, depending on where you are, uh, and then you argue that we should have been more to the right, I'm not sure how that is all going to pan out.
0: (laughs) Well, it's all been very, very interesting. Uh, And uh, Professor Jack Cockfield from the USQ, as always, thank you so much for your time unpacking it for us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Lee. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious and it's an Aussie icon known around the world for being salty, acerbic and most definitely not to everyone's taste. No, not Margaret Court, Vegemite. From inserting itself into blocks of Cadbury chocolate, into the crust of pizzas, under the crust of 4 and 20 pies, and worst of all, an ill-fated Vegemite boost juice, Vegemite hasn't been shy in its attempts to reinvent itself. It is now attempting the most disgustingly ambitious crossover by teaming up with SPC for Vegemite-flavoured baked beans. The iconic Australian brand, which by all intents and purposes tastes great, sparsely spread over lashings of butter on toast, is branching out to combine two two Aussie breakfast favourites. The cheesy tomato sauce covered beans will get an injection of the fair income spread in what is admittedly probably the most Australian thing ever. SPC for their part is hoping it'll give Aussies a reason to fall in love with baked beans all over again. Immediate thoughts are that this is a horrible idea that hasn't been completely thought through. However, Vegemite seems to have a valid reason behind the ungodly concoction. Apparently, someone on social media suggested that Aussies love eating their baked beans on toast already spread with Vegemite. So, it was a no-brainer. Look, it's not going to win MasterChef, but it still has to be better than their recent idea of covering your nachos with the stuff. And yes, I will be trying it for my next Saturday morning fry-up. So, what's next for the oft-maligned yeasty spread? Well, maybe a Vegemite beer. And if they teamed up with VB, they wouldn't even have to change the label. But certainly couldn't make it taste any worse. You know how a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold drink Add a little Vegemite and it's straight down the sink.
2: You cannot be serious!
0: <laughs> the Mayor of the Lockyer Valley Regional Council, Tanya Milligan, good morning.
4: And a good morning it is, Lee. I can see the sun just poking its nose through the clouds from my office this morning. How Beautiful. good is that? Oh Beautiful. Gee.
0: And just what you need down there because uh, I'm assuming the clean-up is still continuing following that last incredible weather event in your part of the world.
4: Oh, look, absolutely. I will say, though, hey, we, um, we welcome members of the 11th Engineer Regiment from Gallipoli Barracks. Um, they were here last week. They were assisting the community, getting rid of that flood debris from their homes and their businesses and just the curbside. They, the, the soldiers commenced working lately and they worked their way out from there. Now, it was a two-day deployment, um, so they were here for 48 hours um, in those worst-affected areas. Um, but I tell you what, they are just incredible. They did an amazing job and they're always welcome in our, in our region by my community with Welcome Arms, I tell you,
0: hey. Yeah, absolutely. I, thankfully, despite all of that you went through, uh, no loss of life and uh, you had some incredible work there by the QFES.
4: Oh, look, absolutely. Um, look, the, QF, the QFES, they did about 523 um, damage assessments. Um, even during the event, you know, there was about, um, I think we had four swift water rescues in floodwaters. There was about three medical episodes. They were checking um, cars. I think there were five cars that were um, inspected in water, but there was no occupants in them. Um, and I guess, too, for us, <clears throat> excuse me, You know, council, look, we're continuing to support the community through what I will just honestly say are just testing times. Our hardship policy, it remains in place to assist and and just, you know, to help our property owners just that, maybe experiencing some difficulty in paying um, any of the council rates or just some of those charges or fees. But I really would say to people, contact us as soon as possible. Just discuss your options. Don't yeah. don't, don't, sit at home and, and get anxious and, and get upset about it. So, you know, really, we are here to help. Um, our curb sub clean-up for um, residences and small business, so that's... Um, that, for the flood debris, that'll be until Monday the 13th of June. Um, and if you do live outside of one of the main town centres, um, it doesn't mean that we won't be picking up your debris. What you've got to actually do, Lee, is just contact um, Council on the 1300 005 872 and let us know when it's ready to collect. So we're happy to happy to do that and just really try and assist the community to, to get on with it. Yeah. We've also had the recovery hubs. So Department of Communities and some of the other excellent agencies, they um, have been in the recovery hub in Laidley and Gatton, so they'll actually finish up physically in those hubs on Friday, but that will then move into our community service in Laidley and also in um, Gatton. So certainly um, people are here to um, assist and you know, I really need to acknowledge, you know, um, recovering from any disaster is lengthy and it's tiring. Um, and we're really just wanting to urge all our residents that, you know, if you're requiring financial, emotional support, visit the recovery hubs, ring our customer service number Um you don't need to do it by
0: yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I, I, I think is very important is you're asking for submissions of videos and photos and so forth that people may have taken, as, as a lot of people do uh, these days, just to get a bit of an idea of how things happened so quickly and where things were and all of that, uh, and then send them in to you guys.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So we're currently collecting and just collating you know, a huge mass of information on the local flooding impacts, And really, that's about ground truthing. It's about understanding the, the flood events. So, yeah. So, if you've got photos, videos um, from either of the um, events, upload them Um Send them into um, council. So there's a we've actually got an online portal. You can find the link for that on our website or also on our Facebook. and And it will greatly assist us in implementing some strategies to reduce the impacts of the future flood events. Because at the end of the day, we want to protect our community. We want to protect properties. Um, but we actually really need our residents to be involved in this process. Because let's be honest. Everyone's got a mobile phone. Yeah. Everyone's 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 got footage. Everyone takes photos. Um, and and what that will do then, Lee, is so kind of like behind the scenes, we're in the process of finalising a really significant project for us um, in really providing some of that new flood modelling for our region. So, um, hopefully, next month, um, the community will be able to access a flood information portal, so they can search for flood information on their properties anywhere in our region and it will be at no cost so people can make some really informed decisions about where they live or where they may potentially be choosing to live.
0: Fantastic. That is such a a great idea. Well, in the meantime, we will keep our fingers crossed for continued blue skies for you as you continue the uh, the massive clean-up down there. And as always, it's lovely to talk to you and uh, thanks for your time this morning.
4: Likewise, Lee. Have an awesome week. Take care.
0: Well, this is one of the premier events of our region. Over three huge days, thousands, tens of thousands will pour through the gates each day to check out what's on offer at FarmFest. It's thanks to Elders this year, and uh, Kate Nugent from FarmFest joins me to uh, give us a little uh, rundown on what you can expect to see coming up uh, Tuesday to Thursday, the 7th to the 9th of June. Good morning to you, Kate. <laughs> Good morning Lee oh how wonderful that we are talking farm fest and uh, we've had you know so much happen the last couple of years so uh, you had an impacted event last year but now since then we've had the rain uh, the farming community <laughs> has been buoyed uh, by uh, by what is happening now and uh, this should be a great event coming up starting on Tuesday the 7th of June
1: it's a hugely positive story. FarmFest has just been growing from year on year. In fact, it has reputation in uh, uh, the Australian Field Day calendar as the fastest growing. Uh, and, of course, as you mentioned, yes, there has been an interruption in 20 and, of course, challenged last year. But we are on record with the biggest FarmFest fest Ever this year, and and it's so exciting. Over two thousand companies will be represented on site. Every site filled. Uh, our livestock areas bubbling, bursting, you know, with livestock breed exhibits through to the working dog demonstrations. We have a a new what we call rural relief centre where we have a number of uh, organisations who are uh, on at the ready to talk to our farmers, our families about you know whether it be general health or any any matters of concern that they may have. Uh, as yes, we've been combating floods over the you know this past yeah. little while, and uh, so look. There's much more. We've got a new feature, which is called Agritech Alley, which leads us to the Agritech Pavilion. So we have seen an increase in the number of ag tech uh, and innovation companies being represented at FarmFest this year. Lee, it it is buoyant and totally optimistic, and we are so, so excited to present Elders FarmFest 22.
0: We just cannot wait. More than 2,000 companies and as I say tens of thousands of people. I think one of the real important things uh, given what has happened over the last couple of years is just that opportunity for people to come together as they will from right across the farming community and right across our region and and beyond right across the country they'll come to uh, to be a part of uh, Elders Farm Fest and I think that is such an important part of it.
1: Oh, look, it, it really is. We've we've got uh, exhibitors uh, just uh, alone that uh, are coming from New South Wales, from Victoria, from South Australia, from Western Australia. They can come this year, and they are with us. and And so this is just a, a testimony to the to the actual attraction and the pulling power of FarmFest, Lee. And of course, as you mentioned, the visitors and we have them come from across Queensland but more and more as we'd seen even last year when we had a record Tuesday uh, that were hailing from Northern Territory from Northern New South Wales and look it's so important for our tourism, it is so important for our local hospitality it is so important for our local economy in these rural regional communities
0: 100% well it will be three massive days, Tuesday the 7th to Thursday the 9th of June at Kingsthorpe, Uh, you know where the Farm Fest site is. But if you want to get all the details on Elders Farm Fest 2022, head to the uh, website, acmruralevents.com.au or just type in Farm Fest in any of the social media sites and there's so much info there for you. So before you head off, get your tickets and get involved. Uh, Kate, thank you for your time again this morning and all the best with a massive event coming up.
1: Thank you so much, Lee.